Welcome to Ministry Leaders Anonymous. My name is Chris Bartlett. And I'm Matt Rice, and we hope to provide a moment of sanity during a busy week of ministry. We've both worked in ministry for over 19 years and have seen just about everything. And as messed up as we are, we are ready to dive into and bring light to the hurts, hopes, and hungers that every minister has. So we are recording this morning with someone who woke up at 3 (laughs) a.m. to record with us because they are based out of New Zealand. So we are joined today by the Jill Miller. And she uh, she is a Texas gal, but she is living in New Zealand now as the uh, the diocesan director of youth ministry, or is it youth young adult? How many slashes are in your title? Actually, my official title, like on my contract, is youth office manager. How like lame is that? <laughs> That's very lame. <laughs> <laughs> it used to be youth animator when I applied for the job, and I was like, nah, I just have like too much PTSD from like. Yeah. NCYCs and like <laughs> dancing and things. No, I can't. <laughs> Sorry. So they you were essentially youth animator. That makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like you were supposed to be a cheerleader when they hired you. Yeah, you know it was the bishop's idea, so we just they kind of <laughs> okay. just ran along with it. All right. <laughs> so uh, yeah, youth yeah. office manager makes you the Dwight Schrute of Catholic youth ministry. No, no, no. That would be the assistant to the youth office. <laughs> so you're, you're the Michael Scott of Catholic have, youth ministry. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. have one of. The, I have a Dwight Schrute. <laughs> Very nice. And because they might hear it, this is a good time to move on. So today we're going to be talking about life in the Spirit, right? And so the role of the Holy Spirit in our life as Catholics is necessary, but there's almost kind of a spirituality that can come along with that. And that's often uh, referred to as uh, life in the spirit or charismatic movement. It's not always exactly the same because sometimes people say one thing or the other. I know a priest that says the charismaniacs. So sometimes there's been like a bad <laughs> stigma with some of it. So Jill, tell us what, yeah. what is meant by uh, an active spirituality I- immersed in the Holy Spirit. Yeah, it's often known as the charismatic movement. Actually, the church just did a huge rebranding um, with the charismatic movement. It's now called Charis. Is a big change, Interesting. <laughs> um, but it's now actually an official like entity of the church, which is like a huge deal. Um, but when we talk about life in the spirit, we're really talking about like relationship and pursuing a really deep relationship with the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, and allowing Him to move in our life um, in a really deep and powerful way, and being kind of docile to the way that. The Holy Spirit desires to move. Um, the Holy Spirit is God's love poured out on us, right? And so it's coming into that on a daily basis and trying to really allow that to be a part of, yeah, our relationship with the Lord. And it's interesting because uh, Matt and I have both read Forgotten God by Francis Chan. And essentially the yeah. the, the theory behind it, uh, at least the intro, is we, we understand our relationship with the Father, Creator, you know, and that's where all the Catholic guilt flows from, you know, we <laughs> feel bad. Well, you have a messed up relationship with your dad, Chris, no, and you are no, projecting no, no. Hold that on, on hold all on. of us. As a child, he was the scorekeeper. It was like, God the Father is out to get you, and Jesus the Son is your friend, you know, um, that type of thing. But then you have a relationship with Jesus the Son, because of VBS we learned, you're you my brother, you're You can't just go right over friend. this, Chris. It, I'm moving, you, I'm moving. No, you can't. <laughs> Like, seriously, is that the way you were taught in, in school? Like, you were made to feel like God the Father was, like, this, I don't know. Like, the spiritual disciplinarian. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> is, that, is, is that really that uncommon? I think so. Were you, yeah. Like, it's uncommon? <laughs> Jill? No, no, no. I think that Chris's view is quite odd. Yeah. Okay, good. Okay. I thought you were going to say quite on par, and I was like, no, no. wait. But you okay. guys got to say it twice. Thank you. This is awesome. <laughs> 
I just had to, I, I had to you know, because all of us and this may like all of us have um, particular relationships with each person of the Trinity, um, and it's interesting to see because you're not going to be alone, Chris. I guarantee you that we have plenty of ministry leaders that are listening to this that have that same like relationship with the Father. But I think universally, which is why we brought Jill on, that I guess more and more is that um, people have no relationship with the Holy Spirit. They do, but they don't know they have it, and they aren't investing in it. That's why he called it the forgotten God. And just for clarity, had that type of relationship with God the Father. I know. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you should have said that from the beginning. Yeah, yeah, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I would have saved you all of this embarrassment, man. So... I guess my point is, there's this idea that it's cool so long as you're close to Jesus and you can consider yourself all good to go. But when we're baptized, you receive the Holy Spirit, right? And it's not meant to just be like something you set on a shelf or forget about, which is kind of the start of Francis Chan's book, The Forgotten God, is the Holy Spirit. So what does that mean if you are inactive to reactivate your relationship with the Holy Spirit? Because the Holy Spirit is present to you, but maybe you just haven't been present to the Holy Spirit. I think that's necessary in our spirituality as Catholics. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's just, I mean, we all have some, like you said, some kind of relationship with the Holy Spirit, right? We're like, we have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit within us. And the Holy Spirit is actually moving in our life every time that we pray. Um, but it's seeking out that that relationship. And so I think for me in my own life, part of really growing in relationship with the Holy Spirit is like trying to discern what the Lord is is doing and asking the Holy Spirit like um, to show me, you know, like what the Lord wants uh, me to do and what decisions where he's leading things. And that was like the kind of, I think, the bridge for me, right? Like um, into really seeking greater relationship um, with the Holy Spirit, like entering into deeper relationship with the Holy Spirit. In ministry, you know, like waking up in the morning and, you know, I have my to-do list that my like Trello board's like busting at the seams, <laughs> but taking time in prayer and um, praying to the Holy Spirit to to show me those areas um, that the Lord desires to work today and to make those things a priority. Like that was, you know, one of the things when I first started, you know, in ministry that I kind of made a priority to do um, and I've continued to do so, and it's been really fruitful um, to be able to do that. And those kind of, the faithfulness and those little things kind of spilt out, I think, into um, my own personal prayer, um, my own relationship with the Holy Spirit, making that a priority, making him a priority in prayer, you know, and not just being like, cool, tick, talk to God the Father today, <laughs> you know, right. like, yeah, check Jesus, the boxes. we're cool, you know, like, yeah, uh, Holy Spirit. Yeah, well, we're just going to leave that <laughs> we'll there. We'll just skip over that one. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So like, my guess is that as we get into the podcast at the very beginning, just because of my experience um, with most Catholics, is that once you start getting to where you might be talking about charismatic prayer, they'll turn you off. Um, so before they turn this podcast off um, and just skip <laughs> yeah, over it. Yeah, please don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, why, why shouldn't they? Like, wh- like if... You know, I don't get into all this charismatic yada 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 or whatever these like Chris says. What are they called? Yeah, and someone else called them <laughs> yeah, the <know>. charismaniacs. <laughs> yeah, is that someone else? You, Chris? No, it's not me. <laughs> Do you have something to share with the group? <laughs> Why shouldn't they just like skip over this? Like that's for those people that need that high energy stuff. I don't need that higher energy stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think that um, one of the things that to remember, I guess. 
or that's a little less known with the charismatic spirituality and people that are outside of it or have a misunderstanding of it is that there's like a lack of maturity there and that we can do the more mature sometimes that equates like to more traditional or orthodox or whatever label you decide to put on it prayer but that the charismatic spirituality actually really is a way to move into the contemplative um, spirituality and it's it's meant to be a segue into that um, and to help and lead people into a deeper contemplative spirituality um, that it's not all flash and show and you know um, some of those most beautiful moments that I've had moving in prayer with the Holy Spirit are like by myself so so describe like what that would look like in kind of a charismatic prayer service Oh, I mean, it depends on which charismatic prayer service you look like and you go to, um, for sure. Oftentimes, that's like praise and worship. Um, I think a big thing that people kind of get into charismatic spirituality with is different healing ministry, whether it's healing of the heart. I know you guys have been involved in healing of the whole person. Um, people are really seeking that out, right? Like, that was something that Jesus came to do. He came to heal everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, the Lord desires healing whether that's spiritual healing, emotional healing, physical healing. And so that kind of um, oftentimes when you kind of enter into that charismatic circle, like that comes a little bit just down the road. Um, they kind of come hand in hand. Oftentimes if I'm running kind of a, a life in the spirit weekend or some kind of charismatic quote unquote um, weekend, it involves praise and worship, mass uh, some kind of healing prayer. I usually try to do like a um, healing of the heart kind of meditation, prayer ministry of sorts, and then different teachings. So different teachings on um, how to pray with scripture. Lexio Divina is a, has been a huge part of my own charismatic spirituality, uh-huh. praying that and, and taking it just a step further, right? So you're like meditating on the word of God, but then claiming that over like your life um, and taking those principles from from scripture and speaking them out. Like that's a very charismatic thing to do. You know, it's like claiming those things, using that language, that authoritative language that we have as sons and daughters, you know. The goal of charismatic spirituality is contemplation. It should lead to deeper intimacy with God. And I think Absolutely. I think it's important to clarify that because I think some people's experience of the charismatic movement um, is that the goal is all the hype that money can can buy. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You got people falling over that you've got, everyone has to lift up their hands and that's the mark of a true charismatic. And actually you could have a rich interior life and be also dynamically charismatic. Yeah. I guess listener, you don't have to lift your hands. You know what I mean? If if you're in a, (laughs) in a, in a worship, uh, praise and worship moment, you don't have to lift your hands to open your heart radically to the Holy spirit. And arguably some of those who have lifted their hands, um, or, or brought some hype to it, are not seeking the contemplation. Maybe they're just seeking, as the youth say, the feels. You know what I mean? <laughs> the, the Jesus feels or the Jesus high, as some of the youth call it in my own youth program, you know? Um, and I think that that might do a disservice to the charismatic movement and also sell the Holy Spirit short. <laughs> like, I can I can introduce you to Jesus, but all you want right now is a little a little uplift and it's like you can you can eat a piece of chocolate and get an uplift you don't need the holy spirit for that like let's go deeper the holy spirit's like I, you have no idea the abundance that i have for you let's go yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely and and god is still god like all three persons are still the same god and god speaks to us in the silence 
the Holy Spirit speaks to us in the silence. Like in, in many of those prayer services that I've been to, there is like contemplative time where we're we're meant to be listening to the Holy Spirit. And, and when we hear, you know, something that we believe is from the Holy Spirit, we, we confirm that and then we share that with the group. But we've got to be silent. You know, we've got to be listening at that time for that to happen. And I think, you know, like, like we have said and we've reiterated that um, maybe in the past, maybe at, you know, many, you know, charismatic prayer services, there's not enough silence. Um, and so that's people's experiences like, oh, it's all noise all the time. And that's not true. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of that is really dependent on, um, that I found is dependent on the group and how they're structuring things, whether Mm -hmm. they're structuring silence. And oftentimes that lack of silence and the kind of um, that hype is because oftentimes I find that they don't really have the capacity or the confidence to be able to discern how the Lord is moving. So we just feel it, mm-hmm. right? Like sometimes when you're working with teenagers and they're not comfortable with, you know, silence. And so they just fill with conversation or fill with things to do. Unless it's a small group and you just asked them a question, then everyone is yeah. extremely comfortable with silence for some <laughs> immediate reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so how do we move from, because I, I know that there's times in ministry where I'm like, okay, it's time for closing prayer. And you just go to those rote prayers, which are amazing. The Hail Mary, the Our Father, whatever it is. How do we move to creating kind of a, a structure for the Holy Spirit to be more present through prayer or in the in those that we serve and those that we serve with? You can't do on a, you know, Sunday night what you don't do by yourself. I think with, you know, that example of uh, leading a prayer, doing a closing prayer, like practice, <laughs> you know, like and not like you know, in front of a mirror, but like practice in your own prayer. There's a lot of sometimes I find when I'm like, hey, does anybody want to lead closing prayer? There's always like crickets, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like even for my core team. And I'm like, guys, come on. Um, <laughs> kind of getting outside of yourself and realizing like it's okay to take pauses. It's okay to, you know, not know what you're going to say, but really um, just kind of taking it step by step. I think that's the first thing is like, when we have traditional prayers or formal prayers, it's easy because it just like rolls out of yep. our mouth, yep. you know. Um, but taking time to to pause and to to pray and not be self conscious about like, ooh, I'm taking too long, or people are thinking, what is she going with this? And that comes from doing that in your own prayer life, whether that's out loud, um, you know, when you're praying, whether that's uh, for me, I write everything, I journal because that's how I like keep focused and I don't get distracted by other things. Mm-hmm. My first thing would say, start in your own daily prayer before, um, you know, my, my friend Mary is starting like this new worship vlog and uh, I'll steal one of her examples. She was saying that if we were going, like somebody asked us, you know, like if I asked Chris to come and lead a tour of people uh, to New Zealand, right? Like you would be like, I have no idea where anything is or what anything is, what there is to do. However, that's really different for me. I live here. Um, I can show people like all the cool places, um, all the, I know where to take them. I know like the ins and outs of things. And it's the same with prayer um, and, and worship and spirituality. Like we can't take people someplace that we haven't been ourselves. Yeah. And be a tour guide. Here's, yeah, yeah. here's a rock. I, yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. what this rock is. <laughs> Yeah, and it's the same with with prayer, and it's the same with relationship with the Holy Spirit. If that's something that, um, you know, you really want to 
show like and bring other people to you, then you have to go there yourself. Like you can't just be like, oh yeah, I read on TripAdvisor. That's a good place. You should go check it out. Let me know how it goes. You know? Yeah. And I think a lot of times the the example we set, so there's, I think in the large group, there's that one example that we can set. And then in a small group, there's a different example, but um, I've, you know, for years, I, I worked with youth middle school forever and, um, I would ask, God bless you. Yeah, <laughs> I would ask the middle schoolers to get up and pray and, uh, and they wouldn't do it. And so then I started saying, okay, guys, like if you can stand up here and say, um, um, thank you, God, then you can pray in public, please do that. And I would have middle schoolers stand up and say exactly what I just said. Um, um, thank you, God. Amen. And I would clap loudly and say, thank you. That's awesome. Or whatever. Um, just to get them started. You know, and once they get over that fear of praying in front of other people and knowing that it doesn't matter, you know, like exactly what you say. And so the example that we set, like if we get up and, and we pray and we take like a two or three or four or 20 minute prayer um, and make it really long, then that makes it inaccessible, you know, to them. They're like, I can't pray like that. But if you did that in a small group and you taught them how to do it in a small group, and you worked with them in a small group, that would be a, a better setting to do a prayer like that. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, just to, teaching them how to pray. So one thing uh, that I think is a challenge when approaching this, like, hey, you need to have a, a relationship with the Holy Spirit, you know, um, to those that we serve. And they're like, okay, how do I get it? How do I discover it? How do I find it? And it's almost like you're playing hide-and-go-seek with one of the persons of the Trinity. Um, when actually... The Holy Spirit is within us, right? Jesus sent us the Holy Spirit to be the advocate. And in baptism, and again in confirmation, the Holy Spirit, we receive the Holy Spirit. And so to say you need to start a relationship with the Holy Spirit, well, actually, you started your relationship with the Holy Spirit at baptism, right? It's yeah. You need to uh, reignite. You need to uh, form. You need to foster. You need to grow your relationship with the Holy Spirit. This idea that the Holy Spirit is something that just the charismatics have, and then everyone else is like, <laughs> oh, we got two-thirds of the Trinity. You know what I mean? Like two-thirds of the persons of the Trinity. And uh, and I think we need to, to recognize that the Holy Spirit is already present in us. Those movements already exist, and an awareness to those promptings is an also uh, an amazing first step. Yeah, absolutely. Um, God always initiates that first step, right? Like, um, that's one of like the beautiful parts of the beginning of the catechism is like God initiates first, right? He always initiates first. And oftentimes those movements that we feel like, oh, we should, you know, um, I was thinking about this person a lot for some reason, came up a lot. Like those are all like recognizing those small promptings of the Holy Spirit, you know, like, oh, maybe I should, you know, what is the Lord trying to use there? And say like the intellect, will, and emotions are all of the three things that the Lord um, would use to to speak to us, right? We're composed of those three things. Allowing ourselves to be more attentive to the Holy Spirit, communicating in those three things, your intellect, your will, and your emotions. Would oh, you be ahead, able man. to speak to um, baptism in the Holy Spirit here? Because a lot of times that's people's start in that. Um, if not, then we can just cut this out and Taylor can move on. I think that it just kind of gets a little bit um, it does get a little bit odd, I think, with some people because it's so viewed as like, well, we is it receiving the Holy Spirit? Is it like, what is this? Yep. You know, yep. um, I've already been baptized. Yep. So why would I need to do that again? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and baptism, really, baptism of the Holy Spirit is just praying for a deepening, or actually, I wouldn't even say deepening. It's hard to praying explain. F- it's it, yeah, it I, is hard I get to explain. It, you know, the like even when. <clears throat> 
So I was baptized, confirmed, all that stuff. And I didn't really come to know Jesus in a real way until after I had started to blaze. And I've said this multiple times on this podcast. And then I didn't really even come to know the, the Holy Spirit in a real way until later. But there's nothing that changes with re- regards to how God is pouring himself out to you. It's just your receptivity that changes. So a lot of times people's reinvigoration of their relationship with the Holy Spirit comes from baptism in the Holy Spirit. And that's, like, that's as simple as just saying a prayer. You know, saying a particular prayer that, that just says, you know, that, that calls for that. So I've seen these Born in the Spirit seminars or these Life in the Spirit seminars and, and different things with uh, healing the whole person where there's intentional yeah. prayer. But for the average uh, ministry leader out there, they don't really have access to this type of thing, you know. And so what if, uh, what if you're just trying to get, you know, lead your RCAA group or lead your youth ministry program or lead whatever you're in charge of? And bring a life in the Holy Spirit, that type of spirituality, into uh, the existing structure that's there. On a practical level, where would you start? What would the steps be? Um, on a practical level, like, I would start, I mean, like I said, in your own personal prayer. And then there's a lot of, there are a couple of really good resources that I would start, like, even just for your own personal kind of formation. Um, the book Sober Intoxication by Cantilo Mesa. Yep. Um, Father Kentel may say that's a really great book um, to read, as well as Father Dave Pavanka does a really good series, the Wild Goose series. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Um, that's actually like, yeah, I think it's really, really well done. Um, but yeah, even just like checking that on and listening to it in your spare time, or you know, watching and trying to trying to intentionally move in that way, like in your own personal life, and seeing you know what you feel comfortable with as well. Yeah, where you feel comfortable leading other people. So there's some formation there that I would say, coupled with taking some of those principles that are shared in um, those resources and trying to apply it into your own prayer life, into your own spirituality. Yes, but it is life in the spirit, right? So let's say that uh, I have a program and it doesn't have the charism of life in the spirit or it doesn't have, you know, kind of the Holy Spirit integrated. And it's a good program, solid program, and the exact same one, but it does, like what would be different about the two? I mean, we could technically be saying the same prayers at the beginning, at the end. Uh, One group would be singing during praise and worship. The other one would be worshiping during praise and worship. Do do you see what I'm saying? Some of the behaviors could look very similar, and yet that radical openness to the Holy Spirit isn't there in one of the groups. How how can you tell? Like what are the fruits of life in the Spirit on a ministerial level? Uh, I think raising ministry leaders, to be honest, like um, the the more that you get into, I guess, charismatic gifts or charismatic, um, all those are for the building up of the kingdom. So if you're raising up disciples and they feel confident in, um, in that spirituality and going out and um, using those gifts and feel confident in those gifts, then they're also going to be discipling other people. They're going to be missionary disciples. And so I think that's a huge fruit of it, that it's kind of like this built-in circle of life here. People come to the spirituality, they discern those charisms and gifts, and then are, are given a space to utilize that. And I think that's a big fruit from my experience with the charismatic or life in the spirit. So kind of kind of a, a term that just popped into my head, and it might make you go, ooh, but like... Life, life in the spirit is spiritually fertile, right? Yeah, 
And and so to look at that, because the Holy Spirit, we talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit and then the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And when we use the gifts of the Holy Spirit, we experience the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because we should be spiritually fertile. You know, we should be bearing fruit in a lot of ways. These gifts are not meant just to, to sit. They're meant to be at the service of mission, to be at the service of a greater purpose. And, and that's another piece to where if your spirituality or your relationship with the Holy Spirit that you have on a personal level or that you're fostering with your program is more feelings-based or more kind of hype-based, that's not bearing a fruit that is at the service of greater mission, greater purpose. And so yeah. for some of us, we might be fostering a life in the Spirit type of spirituality in our programs or our parishes. But we might need to orientate it more towards uh, the, the sense of mission so that it can be enriched with deeper fruit. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And I think even just the freedom that that often accompanies um, the healing that comes with life in the Spirit, like all that makes it attractive to other people. When the Holy Spirit is like poured out on something, right? And like there is the Holy Spirit is on something and people are in relationship with that. It's really attractive to other people. And sometimes they don't even know why, Mm -hmm. Um, because something is different about that. And I think even that's a fruit, even if you're, you know, um, the people you're ministering to haven't even like, you know, done a cold and gifted seminar or, or whatnot. And they're not even intentionally going out right as missionary disciples. Um, They're still just by who they are. um, And that, relationship that they're seeking with the Holy Spirit, they're attracting other people. Right. And, and and they're not intentionally going out. Everyone should be going out on some level. By virtue of their baptism, we are all ministers, priest, prophet, and king. And, and the Holy Spirit, I think, is the fuel in our gas tank to make that a reality. And some of us feel spiritually dry. And some of those that we serve or journey with feel spiritually dry because we haven't connected them to, you know, to, to that fuel in a while. And yet we still make demands, the world makes demands, and the gospel makes demands for us to continue to serve and be intentional disciples. We have to have a dependence on the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So one last thing I wanted to say um, is like, if you still have doubts as to whether or not you should have a relationship with the Holy Spirit or you should invest in that, I mean, just go back to Scripture. Um, the Father and the Son think the Holy Spirit's a big deal. Right, Jesus said that the Holy Spirit has to come. He has to leave so that the Holy Spirit can come. He sent the Holy Spirit for us. Right, this is Jesus telling us this. So (laughs) Jesus is telling you: if you have a relationship with Jesus, you have a relationship with God. They are telling you to have a relationship with the the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, great. One of the reasons, Jill, um, that we brought you onto uh, the podcast today is because we have the Thrive Conference coming up. Now, the Thrive Conference is. is hosted by Ablaze and also uh, Project YM. It's going to have a number of amazing speakers, including Jill, who's going to be talking about going after the one. The idea is that we're going to try and tackle, try to tackle Generation Z. Yeah, it's it's complicated. Hey Chris, it's hard. Yep. Did you just give us top billing? Y- you mean? know it, it's Project YM first and <clears> then <throat> us, right? <laughs> okay, moving on. Sorry, I have... Apparently, I have father issues, God the Father issues. So uh, I'm like, did I do something wrong? Sorry. Okay. Anyways, Thrive Conference. We want you guys all to uh, be, be, be present. It's a digital ministry conference. It's free. We're going to try and tackle uh, Generation Z. Jill's one of the presenters. February 27th from 1 to 4 p.m. And so you can go to uh, ThriveCon 2020 
or uh, check out show notes or something like that. There's ways to find it, but I want you to put it on your calendar now because Jill is going to be sharing more there. And it, will it be at zero dark 30 in the morning for you during that presentation as well? No, I mean, spoiler alert, you record everything and then you send it in like weeks beforehand. <laughs> nice. <laughs> the magic is gone. The magic is gone. I just tore down that, you know, third wall or whatever they call it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Well, Jill, how can, how can people find you? How can people connect with you? Connect with me? Um, yeah, the easiest way, I'm always open for emails and stuff. Um, email is the best way to come find me or Facebook that works as well. Um, Jill Miller. My email is jily at cdh.org.nz. That's the easiest way if you have questions to hit me up. We're actually, my friend Mary and I are going to start working on some content for a podcast actually on life in the spirit and the gifts and how to move in that as ministry leaders, which is kind of exciting. So that's awesome. Um, keep an eye out for that. And y'all have yeah. a name yet? We're thinking about the glory spout. That's what we're thinking about. <laughs> awesome. I like Love it. it. <laughs> yeah, because our friend always used to say, put put me under the spout where the glory comes out. Mm. And so like, yeah. <laughs> so we're a I, little bit of a play on words on that. I hadn't noticed it yet, but how long have you been in New Zealand? Two years. You're starting to get the accent. I, I've I know, noticed it on a few, a few different occasions. I was like, wait a second. She's losing her Texas drawl. Stop. <laughs> that, that, that was that was a grave comment for her. That that that, yeah. that, that cut deep, Matt. So, I'm sorry, cut girl. Deep. Yeah. Well, it's, Jill, it's thank okay. you so much for joining us today. And listeners, thanks for joining us. Yeah. Let's continue the conversation online. You can find us in our Facebook group. Just search Ministry Leaders Anonymous. Please send any feedback you have to MLA at ablaze.us and share this podcast with someone. And here at Ministry Leaders Anonymous, we believe that if you want to go quickly, go alone. But if you want to go far, we go together. Take some time this week to immerse yourself in the relationship with the Holy Spirit that you already have at baptism and uh, pray for another ministry leader. Come Holy Spirit. We will see you guys next week on Ministry Leaders Anonymous. And God bless you. Jill, you want to say bye? Bye. <laughs> Deuce. Thanks for waking up God so bless. early for us, Jill. That's amazing. <laughs>